Shalom, shalom, anchor. How y'all doing today? Um, like I said, I think it's time to to go ahead and bust this thing open. This is Mr. Yasserah Yahuda Brian, by the way. Um, what do I mean by bust this thing open, man? So check this out. We're finna do a Ecclesiasticus series. And how I'm going to bust this thing open, I'm going to hit Ecclesiastes chapter 1 right out the muscle, right out the gate, right? Why am I doing the book of Ecclesiastes? Because I'm eventually going to do the book of Proverbs. Um, Why am I doing these two books? Because both books... Yes, you have the law, statutes, and commandments, the Torah, right? Or the Torah. But let's go a little deeper. And go to those books that actually go a little deeper. What do I mean? We got books that's explaining to us the basis of life. And we too busy out here going by our own emotion that the basis of life, how to act in this life, even when you're doing the Torah or the Torah, how to how to con- conduct yourself, right? We're not listening to these things. So let's see. Let's see what these things, let's see what they say. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, man. Verse 1 is the longest. Let me go ahead and put that out there. Verse 1 is the longest. Long enough to be at least his own chapter. (laughs) But let's get into this. Give me one sec. All right, let's go ahead and get into this thing. The prologue of the discernment of Yahusha, the son. Well, it's, it's, um... Yahusha, the son of Sarak, right? Or Ecclesiastes is also known as the book of Sarak, right? But this is the prologue of the discernment of the son of Sarak, right? I said that the other day. This is the, this book is, is uh, Ecclesiastes or Yahusha was the son of Sarak. Um, whereas many are great, many, whereas many and great things have been delivered unto us by the law and the prophets and by others that have followed their steps for thee, for the which things Yasharal ought to be com- commanded for learning, commended for learning and discernment. And whereof not only the readers must need to become skillful themselves, but also that they desire to learn. Be a my bad that but also they that desire to learn be able to profit them which are without both by speaking and writing. My grandfather Yahusha, when he had much given himself to the reading of the law, the prophets and other books of our fathers, remember. Yahusha in this category is not speaking about Hamashiach. Give me one second. All right, sorry about that. Um, the law, Aaron, let the. Okay, okay, okay. According, um, where we at? 
I think I went down a little bit too far. Okay, so um skill with themselves. Yosha. When he had much given himself to the reading of the law and the prophets and other books of our fathers, and had begotten there in, in my bad, and had gotten therein good judgment, was drawn also himself to write something pertaining to the learning and discernment, to the intent that those which are desirous to learn and are addicted to the things might profit much more in living according to the law. Wherefore, let me entreat you to read it with favor and attention and to pardon us wherein we may seem to come short of some words. What is he saying? Come short of some words, right? Which we have labored to interpret. For the same things uttered in Yahudith and translated into another tongue have not the same force in them. Do y'all hear that? So it is better to learn Yahudith than it is to sit up and just speak in English. Because you lose the power once it's spoken in English. Once you take it out of Yahudith, the, the power is lost. So when we pray, we ought to learn how to pray in Yahudith. Um, that's, that's crazy. Have not the same force in them. And not only these things, but the law itself and the prophets and the rest of the books have not, no small difference when they are spoken in their own language. For in the 8th and 30th year coming into, coming into Mishraim, the Eurgrates was king. And continuing, con, con, count, continuing, yeah, there's some time. I found a book of no small learning. Therefore, I thought it, must ne it, it most necessary for me to bestow some diligence and, tra and travail. To interpret it, to interpret it, using great uh, watchfulness and skill in the in, in that space to bring the book to an end, and set it forth to for them also which is which in strange countries are willing to learn, being prepared before in manners to live after the law. All the sermons coming from Yahuwah and with him forever, and is with him forever. Told you, verse one is long, but y'all hear that at the end. All the sermons come from Yahuwah. So no man can come into this, or no man could be in this talking about he's discerned, he's discerned. Where did you get your discernment from? Because if it does not come from Yahuwah, literally, the scripture said, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Yahuwah. Right? Verse two, who can number the sand of the sea and the drops of the rain and the days of eternity? Who can find out the he the height of Shamayim's or the heaven and the and the breadth of the earth and the depth of the uh, and and the depth and discern? Discernment has been created before all things and the understanding of prudence from everlasting. The word of Alua the um, Alua Yahuwah is the fountain of discernment, and her ways are everlasting commandments. To whom has the root of discernment been revealed? Or who has known her discerned counsel? Unto whom has the knowledge of discernment been made manifest? And who has understood her great experience? There is one discerned and greatly and greatly to be feared. Yahuwah sitting on his throne. So simply saying, there is only one that's truthfully and truly discerned. Or as y'all say, wise. 
and honestly great to be feared. Everything and everybody else is literally just like a kick at the kick in the sand. It's nothing. Yahoo, on the other hand, when you're asking for something, when you're needing something, when something has to happen, who do you go to? Because if it's not Yahuwah, I'm sorry. Everything that you're doing is on your own account. It's it's your you did it, right? And a lot of people take that as, oh man, I'm discerning on my own. That's prideful. And the sermon you got is actually wicked. It's not even true discernment. It's a fool, right? Verse 7. Until whom has knowledge and discernment been made manifest? Manifest, yeah. And who has understood her great experience? There is one discerning greatly to be feared. Yahuwah sitting on his throne. He created her. He created discernment and saw her and numbered her and poured her out upon his works, which means everything has discernment. Why do you think the grass know when to grow and when to stop growing? The trees know when to come up and sprout out. Um, even the waters, they know how to come up on the tides and how to restrain themselves. The wind knows how to blow hard and how to calmly go through. And, and, and the seasons know how to be hot, cold, modest and everything. How y'all think all this stuff notice? Because Yahuwah gave it discernment. He gave the Ruachs or the spirits discernment how to bring these things into season. She is with all flesh according to his gift or his baraka, and he has given her to them that love him. So if you don't love Yahuwah, where your discernment coming from? The fear of Yahuwah is esteem or honor and glory and gladness and a crown of rejoicing. The fear of Yahuwah maketh a merry heart and a and maketh a merry heart and giveth joy and gladness and a long life. Whoso feareth Yahuwah, it shall go well with him, and I mean well with him at the last, and he shall find favor in the day of his death. To fear Yahuwah is the beginning of discernment, and it was created with the faithful in the womb. So check this out. To fear Yahuwah literally means I don't care what's going on in my life. If I know what's right. I'm going to put this in a marriage sense real quick. If you're a husband or you're a wife and you get to the point to where I don't want to be with you no more. Right? Um, you did this, you did that. But biblically, by law, that's how things you're supposed to be there, right? And you say, I don't want to, I don't want to give it to Yahuwah because Yahuwah might give you a chance, right? You do know... That's you literally telling Yahuwah, I'm not afraid of you. I don't I don't fear you. I'm only serving you because what you might, what, what goodness you might bring to me, right? Not understanding that, that's still, conde that's condemning yourself. To fear Yahuwah is the beginning of discernment. Without fearing Yahuwah, you have no discernment. To fear Yahuwah and to have discernment literally is you having understanding. And it was created with the faithful in the womb. So simply saying, it was already given to those in the womb who discernment was going to be given to. She has built an everlasting foundation with men, and she shall continue with her with their seed. Apple don't fall too far from the tree, right? The fear of Yahuwah is full, is fullness and discernment, and the and filleth men with her fruits. She filleth all her, their house with things desirable, and the garners with her increase. The fear of Yahuwah is a crown of discernment, making shalom or peace and perfect health to flourish both with which 
are the gifts of Yahuwah, and it enlarges their rejoicing that love him. So, you're going through something. And, yes, it's hard. Don't get it twisted. Your wife has been ruthless. She's been wicked against you. Your husband in the past did so wickedly with you. He didn't, he wasn't attentive to you. He didn't love you the correct way. He didn't this, he didn't that. But y'all got to understand something. When they change, it's not on your time. Yes, you went through it. I'm sorry. It does not mean that Yahuwah does not love you. It just means at the end of the day, he does things on his time and according to his will. Because if he do it when you tell him to do it, what you're going to receive is not going to be worth it. He needs you to stick in that fight. And even when you when you down and you think that time, you oh, man, I didn't gave up. It's too late now. It's too late now. I didn't gave up. Man, uh, uh, um. You should have did this then. You should have did this then. It's too late now. Well, last time I checked, you can't number the hairs on. You can't turn the hairs on your head black or gray. You can't change the situations in your life. But you think that just because Yahoo put you in a situation, right? And things not going according to your timing, your speed, and your feelings or your emotions are so tr distraught that Yahuwah does not love you. That's because you leaning on your own understanding and your foolish ways are literally have drawn you away from truth. Verse 19, discernment reigneth down, skill and knowledge and understanding, standing and exalted them to esteem that hold her fast. So... You hold discernment. You cleaving to her. You 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 exalting her. You putting her out there, which means she will exalt you. Don't get it twisted. You go have wicked people in this world who go look at you and they go say that you're wicked. But do not forget the scripture does say that the righteous are an abomination unto the wicked. So that's not that's okay. As a matter of fact, since we let's 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 look at that real quick. I'm on verse 19. Well, 
can find it in a minute. We'll find it later. <laughs> I said enough, so trust me. I'm going a, I'm to a go search it out. Don't worry about it. It's not that I have to search it out. It's just the fact of uh, what I was looking at. It, it, um, I got it wrote down. So we're going to leave it at that. I got it wrote down. So that should be not good enough. But it, it's, it's a reminder to myself. Um, verse 20. The root of discernment is to fear Yahuwah and the branch thereof are the long or long life. So simply saying, if you fear Yahuwah, first and foremost, you have discernment. Secondly, what do you get in reward? A long life. Right. The fear of Yahuwah driveth away sin and where it is present and where it is presents, where it is present. My bad. It turneth away wrath. A furious man cannot be justified for a sway of his fury shall be his destruction. A patient man will tear for a time and afterwards shall joy spring up, up unto him. Hmm. So patience. Patience for a time will make you teary eyed, make you sorrowful, make you, you know, how people say, man, do I, he must not love me, he must not this, but patience will bring joy, right? Was, my bad. And afterwards, joy shall spring up unto him. This is just, that's not just for me and ladies, that's also for you. Do not get it twisted thinking that Yahuwah does not love you because you don't understand the scriptures. Listen, learn, and depend on Yahuwah because he will show you. He will hide, 24, he will hide his words for a time, and the lips of many shall declare his discernment. The parable of, of, of knowledge are in the treasures of discernment, but righteousness is an abomination to a sinner. Up, matter of fact, ain't that funny? Ain't that funny? Didn't I, didn't I just say that we, I was looking for that? Didn't I just say the righteous are an abomination to the wicked? Right? This says sinner, but you know the sinner and the wicked are the same thing. Hold up. Yahuwah is amazing. In the midst of me thinking and overhear word about, man, I got to find this scripture. He literally says, be quiet. Just keep reading. Because there it go right there. Let's read that again. The parable of knowledge are in the treasures of discernment. But the righteousness is an abomination to a sinner or to the wicked. All right, let's keep going. I'm in a line picking up my son. So, verse 26. If thou desire discernment, keep the commandments, and Yahuwah shall give her unto thee. So, if you desire, right? If you desire discernment, or as y'all say, wisdom, Yahuwah shall give it to you. To desire something is a, is a deep wanting for something, right? It's a longing for something. It means that literally you're, you're, it, it, it's like, it's, that's it. It's a deep wanting for something. You need this, right? 27, for the fear of Yahuwah is discernment and instructions and faith and meekness are his delight. 
Hold on. Picking up my son. Alright, so I'm going to read 26 over. Alright, so. If thou desire discernment, keep the, keep the commandments. And Yahuwah shall give her unto you. See, I, I, I missed that part earlier. Like I said, I was driving, uh, trying to pick up my son and everything. But listen to this. It says, if you desire discernment, you have to keep the commandments. And Yahuwah shall give her unto you. Simply saying, if you want discernment, you desire her. Remember, desire means a strong want for something, right? Let's, let's, let's go look at that definition. Because we definitely want to, I want to show y'all just what desire how deep it is. Because if you desire discernment, keeping the commandments will be nothing. For those of you who tuning in, if this is if you're listening live, for those of you who tuning in or such and such and such, um, this is Ecclesiasticus starting a series. This is chapter one. We'll be doing one through four today. Desire, noun, definition of desire, conscious impulse towards something that promises enjoyment or satisf satis satisfaction in its attainment, ridding oneself of all desire, how humans proceed, process desire, longing, craving, teenage de teenagers desire in uh, independence. So basically, when you go desiring for something, you're longing for it, you're craving it. When you crave something, what is it? It's a, it's a deep wanting, right? So if you desire discernment, that literally means you're going to do whatever it takes to keep the commandments. Because when you keep the commandments, Yahuwah says he shall give her unto you. Verse 7, verse 27. For the fear of Yahuwah is discernment and instructions. So... The fear of Yahuwah is discernment and instructions because Yahuwah will destruct you if you fear him, right? Because not only are you fearing him, you're listening, you're being silent, you're being patient, but also you're keeping his commandments. And faith and meekness are in his delight. So you have to be faithful or believing and you have to be meek, right? Verse 28, distrust not the fear of Yahuwah when thou art poor. And come not unto him with a double heart. So when you pour or when you going through things, it literally tells you not to distrust the fear of Yahuwah. Literally not to take your trust from Yahuwah. And come not unto him with a double heart. Simply saying, you can't have a heart to say, oh, I'm a searching, I'm a, I'm for you, Yahuwah, I'm for you. But then uh, 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 you say, but it's a stipulation to me being for you. Long as you don't do this, long as you don't do this, or long as you don't do this, or you have to do this, that's a double heart. You can't serve two because if you give a stipulation, that means you still want to be of the world. What does it say? No man can serve two masters for either you will hate the one and despise the other or you will. Let me go to that real quick. I don't want to speak falseness. I'm sorry.
There we go. Matthew 6.24 and Luke 16.13. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve Yahuwah and Mammon. What did we just say? I didn't put it that way, but what did we just say? How can you serve Yahuwah? Basically, you giving him stipulations is you saying, oh, um, basically, I'm going to hold on to you, right? My bad, my bad. Or else he will hold to the one and despise the other, right? So, Or if you go up, either he will hate the one and love, hate the one, my bad, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. So simply saying, if you hold on to the world and you're saying you love Yahuwah or you for Yahuwah, you're despising Yahuwah. So if you love in the world and you're coming into Yahuwah saying, I get, I'm going to serve you, I'm for you, only for stipulation, that means you hate Yahuwah. Right? That'd be like somebody in the world who searching out Yahuwah and they claim and they call on the wrong name, but they love Yahuwah, right? So they are literally holding on the belief and the faith of getting to Yahuwah, right? But they're literally despising where they are in life. Oh, my bad. Luke, um... 16:13. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one, same thing, or love the other, two witnesses, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve Yahuwah and Mammon. Literally, stipulations is you serving the other. Not doing everything Yahuwah commanded you, not keeping the law, sets, and commandments, no matter how you look at it. That's literally you trying to serve two masters. The book of Ecclesiasticus goes a little deeper than the book of Proverbs, but they're both books of true in instructions. Um, verse 29, Be not an hypocrite in the sight of men, and take righteous heed that thou speakest. And this is, this is a strong one because it does tell you in the New Testament that um, basically don't go try to go out there trying to take the plank or the dirt out of somebody else's eyes, if the splinter out of somebody else's eyes, if you got a full plank in yours, right? You have to you have to focus on making sure what you're doing is correct first. Because if you go out there and you say, oh, you can't do interracial dating, and you got a whole Gentile wife, heathen wife, or you out here mingling, mixing with the Gentiles and the heathens, right? Or you say you can't eat pork, but yet you got a full bacon sandwich at home waiting on you. Um, what's another one? Um, the scriptures tell you that you're not supposed to do right to a sinner, but you say, oh, my best friend this and my best friend that. OK, you're a hypocrite because you're literally talking trash about everybody else and you're literally condoning what the scriptures say light has no dealings with darkness the righteous has no dealing with wicked or the wicked has no dealing with righteous simply saying a righteous person cannot be friends or have no dealings with a wicked sinful person period not my words it comes directly out the scriptures verse 30 exalt not thyself lest thou fall so boast not on yourself. The scripture says, if you go boast, boast in who? Yahuwah, right? And bring dishonor upon thy soul. 
And so Yahuwah discovers our secrets and casts thee down in the midst of the congregation. Simply saying, don't boast on yourself. Least Yahuwah, I mean, least you fall. Because if you fall, Yahuwah said that what? And bring dishonor upon your soul. Because Yahuwah is going to discover or expose your secrets and cast you down in the midst of the congregation. So basically he go expose you in front of everybody. Because thou has came, thou camest not in truth to fear Yahuwah, but thy heart is full of deceit. So Yahuwah said, I'm going to expose you. Since you're exalting yourself, you want to boast? I'm going to expose you. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 1. My son, if thou... And this is my favorite verse right here. Because this is something I did not know when we first came into the truth. And I was not prepared for this. But now I know the prayers are a lot different. So when I talk to people that come into the truth, when I talk to people, I tell people all the time before I read this, that it's not what you think. You're not going to come into this and it's going to be all roses and everything else. You're going to have to fight. But the difference is when you was in the world, okay, you could have gave up in the world. You could have did whatever the heck you wanted to do in the world. You, you, you was fighting for something, you gave up. You was married, you gave up. In the world, that would have been fine. But when you came into the truth, when you came into actual knowledge of Yahuwah, he literally says, check this out. My son, and this is literally not just for men. This is for women, too. My son, if thou come to serve Yahuwah, prepare thy soul for temptation. The word temptation actually means trials, adversity. It means you have to prepare because why do you say prepare? He didn't say um, you might have to prepare. He didn't say, uh, I think, or, you know, some of y'all. He said, no. He said, my son, if thou come to serve Yahuwah, prepare thy soul for temptation. Prepare for the test, the trials, the adversity. Prepare for everything that's about to come your way because I'm sending it or I'm allowing it to happen. But we go find out, do you really fear me? Do you really esteem me? Do you really love me? Do you really want me? Do you desire me? Do you desire my knowledge, my understanding, and my discernment, right? Verse 2, set thy heart aright and constantly endure to make hate, not haste, in times of trouble. So what does he mean, constantly endure? Set thy heart aright and constantly endure. To set your heart aright is literally to stand up and set a standard, right? To not go astray, to not get so complacent, to not get so down, so hurt, to not see everything going around you and look at your situation and say, oh, man. Right. To constantly endure means to be patient and wait and make not haste. That means don't get in your times of trouble and, and man, Yahoo, uh, or don't get in your times of trouble and start trying to do things on your own, because that's literally considered lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge Yahuwah. Be not discerned in your own eyes. So in times of trouble, be patient. Wait. Verse three, cleave unto him and depart not away. What 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 did we just say? That thou mayest be increased at thy last end. Whatsoever is brought upon thee, take cheerful and be patient. When thou art changed to a lower state. So when you when these things come on you, right, the temptations, the adversity, the trials and everything that comes on you, depression, everything. Right. Um, he said what? what? What did he just say? He literally said whatsoever is brought up on you. Take cheerfully and be patient. Wait. Right. When thou art changed to a low estate. Do you know a low estate just literally means to the point to where you broke? 
It's to the point to where you give up. It's to the point to where you don't see anything good coming out your situation. That's what it means. It means that just like the children of Yashara, when they got to the Red Sea, they was at a lower state. They had fainted. They gave up. And Yahuwah literally looking at them like, hold on, didn't I not just bring y'all out of there? Right? It's the same way when you come out the world into the knowledge, into learning who Yahuwah is. It's the beginning, just like the beginning when they came out, right? It's the beginning, right? But did he not bring you out? Verse 5, for gold is tried in fire, an acceptable men in furnace of adversity. So adversity, temptation, it will come, but it's allowed to come. He ex he said, go ahead, go forth and, 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 and put that person through the fire. Make that person make that person. I need to see if I can bring them. I need to. I wrote them in this book. I need to make sure that that person is is, is where I, I need to test them. So I, I'm sending this out to put them through it. I just want to see if they go break down and blame everything else or if they go break, they go, they go stand up and say, I'm going to take this. And although things were bad then. I know who you are, so I'm going to trust in you. Verse six, believe in him. What did it say? Did it say give up and run away from him? Did it say give up and lean on your own understanding? It said no. Believe in him and he will help thee. Order thy way aright and trust in him. So he will help you, right? tell you to order your way aright and trust in him so what does it mean to order your way aright it means to get your butt on the right path what feels right to you and you know is wrong that's literally your conscience telling you hey that's not right yahoo is not speaking to you why because you're doing what you want to do and actually he is speaking it's just a simple fact what he's saying you don't want to hear because it's too much like being right. Mm, mm, mm. No man can serve two masters. Verse 7. Ye that feareth Yahuwah, wait for his compassion, and go not aside, lest ye fall. Mm. Didn't we not just find out that if you fall because you're boasting and stuff, didn't Yahuwah say that he was going to expose you? He said he was going to, you know, in front of a congregation, but still, it's exposing Verse 8, ye that fear Yahuwah, believe him, and, 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 and your reward shall not fail. That reward could be a, a reward in this life, right? A lot of people don't understand that a reward, yes, eternal salvation to be with Yahuwah is the most, it's amazing, it's the main reward. That's, the, that's the, the biggest reward. But you get rewards in this life. It might not be what you want, but I would rather him reward me with a great career. You want me to speak your word, Yahuwah? I would love him to reward me with the income to just speak his word. To most people, that's like, man, but you don't do nothing. You just, you just, I would rather read and study and search and make sure everything that's going on in my life and in my family life is correct versus going out there, working some job, trying to be like everybody else trying to go on vacations, trying to do this. Don't mind. Don't get it twisted. A vacation is good. You need that. You need the you need that ability to get away and rest. You need that ability. But in the life we live in, 
Um, if you're like me, I mean, you constantly think about Yahoo. You can go outside and do whatever you want to. You can go on a vacation if you want to. Yahoo is constantly in your mind. All right. You that fear Yahoo? Oh, yeah. Look at the generations of old and see. Did ever any trust in Yahuwah and was confounded? Or did any abide in his fear and was forsaken? Or whom did he ever despise that called upon him? Y'all heard that? Look at the generations of old and see. Did ever any trust in Yahuwah and was confounded? Who's confounded that trusted in Yahuwah? I'll wait on that because you, you won't find nobody. Um, or did abide in his fear and was forsaken. Who feared Yahuwah? And Yahuwah was like, nah, I don't want to fool with you. <laughs> so bye. Or whom did he ever despise that caught upon him? So who did Yahuwah despise or hate because they caught upon him? Nobody. I'll wait on that. Y'all can go look at that yourself. For Yahuwah is full of compassion and, comp and, and mercy, I'm going to say mercy, long-suffering and very pitiful, and forgiveth sin or transgressions or wickedness, and saveth in time of affliction. Woe be to the fearful hearts and faint hands, and to the sinner that goeth two ways. Woe unto him. The word woe means to the, is destruction, y'all, so remember that. Destruction or woe or destruction unto him that is faint-hearted, for he believeth not. So someone who faints or gives up, you literally told Yahoo, I don't believe in you. So everything I'm doing is on my accord because I believe in myself and my abilities. You, I don't believe in. So what if Yahuwah was to take all that from you because you doing everything on your own accord? But then how do you say he was going to give you over to a reprobate mind? Because he's, he's basically waiting to that day so he could dig that pit and throw you in there. Woe be unto... Oh, yeah, yeah, my bad. Believe it not. Woe be unto him that faint that that is faint-hearted, for he believeth not. Therefore shall he not. Therefore shall he not be defended. So Yahuwah literally told you the faint-hearted and those who faint-hearted, who give up and don't believe. Yahuwah literally told you, I'm not protecting you. So whatever happened to you, it's on you. You 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 deserve it. That's what's gonna happen. You go out there, you get in the car wreck, and you die. I'm sorry. You that was kind of on you. It happened to you because you did not believe and he told you you're not defended. Verse 14. Woe unto you that have lost patience. And what will ye do when Yahuwah shall visit you? Simply saying you lost patience and Yahuwah you gave up. So what will you do when he come and visit you? See, he could have been visiting you to bring you gifts and compassion and favor and baraka and miracles and stuff. But instead, he's visiting you. For destruction. They that fear Yahuwah will not, dis will not disobey his word. So those who fear Yahuwah will not disobey his word. So y'all might want to check that out. I'm just saying, it's not my word. This is this is this is not my word. This is not my this this comes out the scriptures. And they that love him will keep his ways. So if you love Yahuwah, you'll keep his ways, no matter how hard it is for you, no much it, how much it hurts you. Because in the end, when it hurts you and you keep his ways, that's when it's, it, it gets better. Because when you keep his way, when you want to do something else and you say, I'm going to choose Yahuwah over what I want. Yahuwah literally has a reward for you. Verse 16, they that fear Yahuwah will seek, the, seek that which is well, pleasing unto him. 
and they that love him shall be filled with the law. They that fear Yahuwah will prepare their hearts and, and humble their souls in his sight, saying, We will fall into the hands of Yahuwah and not be into the hands of men. For as his majesty is, so is his compassion. So if you fall, you better hope you fall into the hands of Yahuwah and not into the hands of man. Because first off, man can't do nothing for you. They can't help you. They can't hinder you. What, 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 what can he do to you? Nothing, right? Please ask us chapter 3. I got to hurry up. Verse 1. Hear me. Hear me, your father, O children, and do thereafter that ye may be safe. For Yahuwah hath given the father esteem over the children, and hath confirmed the authority of the, of the mother, mother over the son. Whoso esteemeth his father maketh an atonement for his sins, and he that uh, esteemeth his mother is one that layeth up treasures. Whoso esteemeth his father shall not, I mean, shall have joy of his own children. And when he maketh his prayers, he shall be heard. He that esteemeth his father shall have a long life. And he that is disobedient unto, the, unto Yahuwah shall be... My bad, my bad. And he that is obedient unto Yahuwah shall be comfort in shall be a comfort to his mother. He that feareth Yahuwah will esteem his father and will do service unto his parents as his as his uh, sovereign. Esteem thy father and mother both in word and deed, that a baraka may come upon thee from them. For the baraka of the father establishes the house of children, but the curse of the mother ruleth out foundations. Esteem not the dishonor uh, glory not the dishonor or the yeah the dishonor of thy father, for the father father's dishonor is no glory unto thee, for the esteem of a man is from the esteem of his father, and a mother is in dishonor is a reproach to her children. Wow, a reproach. So she's she's a mother's dishonor is a rebuke to her children. My son, help thy father in his age. And grieve him not as long as he live. And if he and if his understanding fail, have patience with him and despise him not when thou art in full strength. For the re relieving of thy father shall not be forgotten. And instead of sin, it shall be added to build thee up. In the day of thine affliction, it shall be remembered. Thy sins also shall melt away as the ice in the fair warm in the in, in the fair warm weather. He that forsake his father is as as, as a blasphemer, and he that angereth his mother is cursed of Yahuwah. Wow. Hey, son, my son, go on with thy business in the meekness, so shalt thou be beloved of him that is approved. The greater thou art, the more humble thou, thyself, and thou shalt find favor before Yahuwah. Many are in high places and, the, and, and of renown. But the, the mysteries are revealed unto the meek for the power of Yahuwah is great and he is esteemed and he is honored of the low or he's esteemed of the low. Seek not out things that are too hard for thee, neither search the things that are above thy strength. So don't go out there seeking out things that, that that's too hard. If you know you can't do it, don't let the world, even your wife, your husband, make you think that I have to do this. If it's too hard, sorry. Even the scriptures tell you don't go out there seeking something that you, nah. Y'all better stop letting people do to make y'all do so. Verse 22, but 
But what is commanded thee? Think thereupon with reverence, for it is not needful for thee to see with the eyes that things that are in secret. Be not curious in unnecessary matters, for more things are showed unto thee than man understand. For many are deceived by their own vain opinion. Up, lean not on your own understanding. And an evil uh, suspicious hath overthrown their judge. Without eyes that shall want light, professors not that knowledge, my bad, profess not the knowledge thereof, therefore that thou hast not. A stubborn heart shall fear, shall fear far evil at the last, and he that loveth danger shall perish therein. An upstained heart shall be laden with sorrow, and the wicked man shall heap in sin upon sin. In the punishment of the proud there is no remedy, for the plant of wickedness hath taken root. The heart of the prudent will understand a, a parable. Mm. And an attentive ear is desire is is the desire of a as a discerning man. Water will quench a flaming fire, and alms make an atonement for sin. And he that requiteth righteous turns into mindful of that which may come hereafter, and when he falleth, he shall find a state. Wow. All right. Sorry, I had to knock that out real fast. I'm about to knock this one out too fast too. Ecclesiastes chapter four. My son, defraud not the poor in his living, and make not the needy eyes to wait long. Verse two, make not an hungry soul sorrowful, neither provoke a man in his distress. Add not more trouble to the heart that is vexed and defer not to give to him that is in need. Reject not the supplication of the afflicted, neither turn away the face from a poor man. Turn not away thine eyes from the needy and give not none occasion to curse thee. So don't give nobody the occasion to curse you because you don't know if you belong to Yahoo or not or if you Barack or not. Because if somebody curse you and you you're not favored or you're not work, walking correctly. Yeah, people can curse. Oh, you thought it was just witches. That's considered witchcraft. But uh, verse six, for if the curse for if he curses thee. In the bitterness of his soul, his prayers shall be heard of him that made him. So Yahuwah literally said, hey, if he curse you out of the bitter, out of his, the bitterness of his soul, because you done, you done did some stuff, right? Yahuwah would hear him or her. Um, get thyself the love of the congregation and bow thy head to a great man. Let it not grieve thee to bow down thine ear to the poor. It didn't say bow down to him. It said bow down her ear and give him a friendly answer with meekness. So don't go to if the don't, don't if the meek if the poor is speaking. Don't sit up there. Oh man, nah, I, I can't hear you because you you know how the world is today. Verse nine: Deliver him that suffereth wrong from the hand of the oppressor, and be not uh, faint-hearted when thou sittest in judgment. So right now, Yasharal, um, that might you might want to read that. Be as a father unto the fatherless, and instead of an husbandman unto their mother, so shalt thou be as a son unto the unto the sovereign of most high, or to all or Lua. And he shall love thee more than thy mother doeth. Yahuwah will love you more, period. But if you esteem him and you do the correct things, Yahuwah will love you even more. The sermon exalteth her children and layeth hold on them that seek her. So if you seek discernment, she exalts you. And she lay holds on you, which means that she's on you, period, all day, every day. Um, 
Verse 12, he that loveth her loveth life. So if you love discernment, you love life. And they that seek to her early shall be filled with joy. So if you start seeking, see, we're young. I'm 29, finna be 30, but still. If seeking start now, even from 25, 2019, all that, like you, you're seeking out something that will literally fill your life with joy. He that holdeth fast, uh, yeah, verse 12. Verse not 12, 13. He that holdeth her fast shall inherit esteem. And whosoever shall in, entreat, whosoever she shall entreat, Yahuwah will barak. So whosoever discernment treat, like entreat, like um I, I can't even think of a word right now, but y'all know. I think I hope y'all know what I'm saying. Um Verse 14, they that serve her shall minister to the Kodesha, the Kodesha the the Holy One, the Ruach, I can't even talk. <laughs> and them that love her, Yahuwah doeth love. So if you love discernment, Yahuwah said he love you. Why? But why does he love you? Because you love discernment. Because if you have discernment, if you love discernment and you have discernment, which means discernment gives you knowledge and understanding, which means that you keep in the law such commandments, which means that you fear Yahuwah, which means that you reverence Yahuwah, which means that everything that Yahuwah commanded you to do, whether you feel right about it or not, if Yahuwah commanded it, guess what? You do. Yahuwah says, I love those who are obedient unto my word. Well, guess what? Discernment gives you that obedience. Discernment literally tells you if you're married, you're not married. If you're in the school, you're not in school. You're at work, you're not at work. Discernment literally tells you, hey, by commandment, you're not supposed to do this. By commandment, uh, 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 you're supposed to forgive this. By commandment, this, by this. And you're supposed to look at that as joy because you literally helped me from falling into that pit of despair. Verse 15, whoso giveth an ear unto her shall judge the nations. And he that attended unto her shall dwell securely. So if you give an ear to discernment, discernment shows you what you can and what you cannot say. It shows you that the righteous can judge. Right. You can't condemn, but you can judge according to the scriptures, which that comes from discernment knowledge, and understanding. Verse 16. If a man commit himself unto her, he shall inherit her and his and his generation shall hold her in possession. For at the first she will walk with him by crooked ways and bring fear and dread upon him and torment him with her discipline until she may trust his soul and try him by her law. Which means discernment will literally put you through hell and hot water. Hell. Why did I say hell? Why would she put you through hell? Hell is a state of condition. It's not a place. Uh, verse 18. Then will she return the straight way unto him and confront him and comfort him and show him her secrets. Mm. But if he go wrong, she will forsake him and give him over to her own ruin, to his own ruin. Y'all, man, discernment, girl. Observe the opportunity and beware of evil and be not ashamed when it concerneth thy soul. For there is a shame that bringeth sin and there is a shame which which is glory and grace. A shame, humility. Right. It's OK to be. Humble. Verse 22. Accept no person again. Accept no person against thy soul. And let not the reverence of any man cause thee to, to fall. So don't let nothing, the esteem of any of that cause you to slip and fall. Because at the end of the day, if you slip and fall, you can't blame them. Oh, I messed up because uh, they, 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 no, 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 no. You have no excuse. No one has an excuse. No one. So you might want to get it together. Refrain not to speak. Verse 23. Refrain not to speak when there is occasion to do good. 
and hide not thy discernment in her beauty. For by speech, discernment shall be known and learning by the word of the tongue. And no discern and no discern. Speak against the truth. Okay, it's saying no wise speaking against the truth. So I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it like that. And no discern. So literally discernment. Discernment helps you not to speak against the truth, but be back abashed of the error of thine ignorance. So discernment by discernment, you won't speak against the truth. So don't do it. But be abashed by the error of your ignorance. Twenty six. Be not ashamed to confess thy sins and force not to curse. Uh, 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 force not the course of the river. Make not thyself an underling, underline, underling to a foolish man, neither accept the person of the might. Strive for the truth unto death, and Yahuwah will fight for thee. Be not hasty in, the in thy tongue, and thy deeds slack and, rem and remiss. Be not as a lion in, the, in thy house, nor, frankens, in, nor frantic among thy servants. Or frantic, my bad. Let not thine hand be stretched out to receive and shut when thy shit is repaid. So. Discernment helps you to keep in the truth, to keep the truth, to, to not slip, to not fall to not lean on your own understanding, to understand why it's better to do this and why it's better to do this, why it's better for you to have to do what you have to do, why it's better, why it's better, why it's better. Discernment. This is something that literally can save your soul, your salvation. It can save your family, your marriage. Discernment is a, is a she is amazing. And she, if you, if you didn't just read what she said, what'd she say? Where'd that say it? Verse 17 is the is the main thing. Listen to what discernment said. For at the first, she will walk with him by crooked ways and bring fear and dread upon him and torment him with her discipline until she may trust his soul and try him by her law. At first, she will walk with him. She didn't say that she was going to put him there. She said she would go walk with him. Literally, he's out there in his in his wicked ways, but he's turning. He's trying. Right. But she said she's going to discipline him then will she return then she will return the straight way unto him because remember he wasn't always crooked so she had to return him to the correct way discernment this is Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 17 discernment she is a savage she did that she she does that so y'all gotta watch what y'all talk about y'all gotta watch Oh, y'all got to watch what y'all reading. Y'all got to understand. Stop leaning on your own understanding. Stop thinking you got it made or you got it right or this or that. Because at every turn, you learn something new. And at every turn, you learn that you're not correct. So if you don't get it together, who do you really serve? Because if you serve Yahuwah, Yahuwah said, you go keep my laws, and your commandments. And even though you've been hurt and, and you feel a certain way, you go keep. My laws, that's commandments, because I allowed it to happen to you. 
I didn't allow it to break you or to show you that I don't love you. I did it so I can trust your soul so that I could trust you. If I can't trust you with these little tasks, how can I trust you to make it into my salvation? How can I trust you? You'll be just like Satan. So I can't trust someone who can't go through what I put for you. Because he literally tells you he put if, if black folks, if you're married, he puts you there. White folks, you married? He puts you there. And I'm not talking about interracial. I'm talking about your people. But we live in a worldly. We live in a world, a, a, a wicked world. So everything is, is twisted. So you got to watch what you do. Constantly pray. Keep your whole first. Seek out his discernment, his commandments, his law statutes. Even if it does not feel right to you. Even if you feel like he don't love you because he put you through this. Yahuwah loves you. That's why he put you through it. If he didn't love you, he would have left you staying out there in the world, doing what you wanted to do, and preparing your soul to be cooked for eternity. So don't let the superficial things block you away from your salvation. So in the name of Yahusha, I'm going to say through that for this lesson. In the name of Yahushua, I'm going to say Torah for this lesson. And y'all have a good day. Shalom. All right, Shalom. Shalom. How y'all doing, Anchor? Once again, this is Mr. Yashra Yahuda Brian. Um, coming to y'all, I do have guests with me tonight. Uh, I have my son, my daughter, got my little brother. Um, and we just basically finna get on to topic of. The Ecclesiasticus series, right? We're on chapter 5. We're going to read chapter 5, 6, and 7. If we have time and if, honestly, I'm going to be honest with y'all. If I feel like it, if it's moved by the Ruach or the Spirit for me to do 8, then we'll do 8. Other than that, we just go stick to the script and we're going to go by the business. All right? All right, so, matter of fact, hey, y'all get down. Go get y'all chairs. Yeah. Nah, matter of fact, y'all sit on the floor. Alright, so we're gonna we're gonna say a quick prayer and then we're gonna get right into it. Alright, um, first and foremost, Yada Yahoo, all praise be to you, Yahuwah. Secondly, Barakata Yahuwah, Barakata Yahuwah, Barakata Yahusha, my bad. Um, we give all esteem, we put Yahuwah on 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 high. Um, we come to you right now, Yahuwah, just simply asking you um any demonic spirits, any demonic forces, anything that's going to try to hinder us. Or even any witchcraft that's been spoken on anyone in my family or anyone in my household that seeks you or literally has the mind to want to do better. We cast them off, we rebuke them. Everyone that's listening to this podcast, in the name of Yahusha, I speak shalom over those who are seeking you, our Father. But for those who are coming to bring strife or coming to bring negativity, Yahoo, I'm sorry, but as Deu said, I speak nothing but shame over them. So in the name of Yahusha. Let's get to this. Let it be. All right. So the first thing to say, listen to this, people. Set thy heart upon thy goods and say not, I have enough for my life. First off, set your heart on thy goods. Right. When we speak about goods and scripturally, we're talking about the righteous things. We're talking about those things that that can can literally save you, protect you, heal you. Bring you and do these things right the spiritual things and say not I have enough for my life verse 2 follow not thine own mind and, and thy strength 
to walk in the way of thy heart. He literally just said, lean out on your own understanding in, 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 in much more words, right? So follow not thine own mind and thy own strength. That's literally you saying, hey, look, I'm wise in my own mind. I'm wise and I'm strong on my own. Um, so I'm going to just follow my heart, right? In church and even in the world, they say what? Follow the heart. The heart will lead you right, right? But I'm pretty sure that Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 states a whole different subject. And even if you go through the scriptures, it literally tells you that these the people, they speak one thing with their mouth, but with their heart, they're devising wicked. So you can tell somebody tell you to follow your heart. Your heart will tell you, hey, and, and I'm going to say this once again. We don't promote hate. But at the same time, we're not going to sit back and continue to allow the wickedness. So if somebody, if your heart telling you, um, as a man, right, I want to go sleep with another man. That's what your heart say, right? But ain't that a sin? Ain't that wicked? That's an abomination. That's wrong, right? But then they tell you that's your heart. You love who you're supposed to love. I mean, you love who you want to love. That's wicked. Verse 3. And say not, who shall control me for my works? That is prideful as heck. For Yahuwah will surely revenge thy pride. Literally, this person is saying, who shall control me for my works? He basically saying, I did this. It was on me. You can't control me because I did it. Right? But Yahuwah said he going to revenge that person for their pride. Because if you don't know, pride is a very wicked thing. It's okay to be proud as far as in what I mean, proud. Let's say proud as in, um, actually, no. Let's say you go boast, right? If you go boast, the scriptures literally say, if you go boast, boast in Yahuwah. Don't boast in your own self. Because literally, what does Satan do? Satan say, I did this. I did this. All you got to do is say that you did it, right? That's why Satan constantly puts in your mouth, I, 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 me, 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 self, 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 right? Because Satan knows at the end of the day, if you prideful, when he burn, guess what? He ain't burning alone. <laughs> and niggas say, I'm burning, you burning with me. So we got to look at it that way. Verse 4, say not, I have sinned, and what harm hath happened unto me? For Yahuwah is long-suffering, he will in no wise let me let thee go. Check this out. So this person literally saying, I have sinned, right? Ain't nothing happened to me. <laughs> but watch this though. For Yahuwah is long suffering, which means he's patient and will not, in no, in, but in no wise let thee go. So he literally said, Yahuwah said that, okay, so you go sit up here and brag about your sin and ain't nothing happened to you. So you boasting about that. But don't worry, because see, to us, a thousand years is literally just a day to him. So he's patient. He's not worried about waiting because guess what? He's Come on. A thousand years compared to a day. He could sit down and watch you all day. And it wouldn't even bother him. So when your last end comes, it's probably a couple of minutes out of his day. Literally. Verse 5. Concerning propetition... Be not without fear to add sin unto sin. Let's check this out. When we talk about sin, when we talk about fear, you're talking about something that if man teaches you fear, man puts it to where, oh, let me show you. Um, hey, man, if you go out there and sin, don't worry about it. He'll forgive you. 
So it's okay if you do it again. Just try to stop. But he gonna forgive you if you keep saying it. You, you eating important, he gonna forgive you. Oh, you you gay, he gonna forgive you. Oh, you out there doing this, doing that, he gonna forgive you, right? That's man-made fear. Man-made fear tell you if somebody come knocking at your door and you don't know them or they bigger than you, you supposed to fear them, right? What's one thing I say to you, Eden? Who are you supposed to fear? Yeah, are you supposed to fear creation? Mm-hmm. Who is creation? Everything else, right? That literally means even the angels, the demons, the beast, man, wind, water, everything on this earth is creation. So why would you fear? Right? Give fear to the one that actually that it actually belongs to. Because at the end of the day, hey, you, you, you paying attention? You not? Put those blocks up. Okay, so let's get back to this. So you got to think about this. You, you go through life, right? And let, let's get on the righteous fear. Let's get on true fear of Yahuwah. You go through life, and a lot of people say, oh, man, I worship him. Uh, I'm obedient. You're obedient to a certain circumstance, to a certain uh, point, right? Which means um, conditionally you're obedient, which means you're obedient until it's something that, that either contrite, contr- contradicts what you do. Or you get into a situation to where you say, oh, no, nah, I can't do it. Uh, I'll be obedient and everything else. That ain't true fear. That's literally you telling him, hey, look, I fear you when you go do something right for me. I fear you when things are going OK for me. But when I start going through something, no, nah, I can't. I, I got to um, until you do this for me, then I ain't going to fear you. Right. What? Or you 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 doing something. Um, let's say everybody talking about this voting right now. You want to vote Trump, Biden. And the funny thing about this is you got black people talking about, well, vote for Biden because Biden is this. Okay, so check this out. Y'all so busy fearing man to the point to where Yahoo done already established who finna be the president. I'm finna slap the dog out of you. Yahuwah done already established who's finna be president. There's no such thing as who's up there is going to be evil. You know why? Because Yahuwah literally says he created good and evil. Satan is a puppet. So whoever Satan puts up there, guess what? It was allowed by Yahuwah to. So Satan honestly knows what fear is. Satan says, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm be respectful and obey everything you say. Yes, the world can say that I, I'm, a, I'm at war with you, but I fear you enough to know that I have nothing for you. What, what's that old saying? They, they, he can't hold hell and hot water against the Father in heaven. That's true fear. Because he can come out here and do whatever, say whatever he wants to. But when he gets in front of Yahuwah, he literally bows down and say, can I, please, may I? Ooh, that hurt. Hold up. So when you go to that fear... For you to sit up there, for anybody to sit up there and say, I only I only do what you say to do when I feel like it, right? That's not true fear. That's actually you pretending that you're in the truth and you're still a Christian. Because well, Yahuwah, if Yahuwah was to tell you right now, hey, I need you to, let me see. If Yahuwah was to tell me, um, which I know this would never happen for the simple fact of it is, um, Yahuwah literally... Tells us in scriptures he hate mixture and it's not right. But if Yahuwah was to tell me, Brian, I'm going to use you to incite a race riot around the world. So I'm going to use you 
to go out there and get with this kind of this kind of woman, right? I would literally have to go out there and do that, whether I liked it or not. If it made me sick to my stomach, I have to do it. That's fear. Fear means that whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to be obedient in it. Verse 6, and say not his compassion is great. He will be pacified for the multitude of my sins. <laughs> for compassion and wrath come from him, and his indignation rested upon sinners. So, literally, don't sit up there and say, oh, um, man, he's, what I say earlier, basically saying, oh, I'm sinning, but he got compassion. What they say, they grace. You know, we're under grace, right? Grace state, states that you can go out there and be gay. You can go out there and eat as much pork. You can go out there and be interracial. You can go out there and sleep with animals. And guess what? See, in Christianity, Jesus Christ and God and the Lord and stuff, yeah, they got grace. Because those three, which are not even real beings, but because people give life to them, they're demons, right? Those three know that they're going to burn. Right. So, yes, you get grace into the world. Guess why? Because grace gives you that reason to say in this life, I'm going to live great. In the next life, I got salvation. But Yahoo says not at all. Verse seven. And I'm going to show you a scripture where um, <clears throat> it literally tells us that no one in this time has an excuse. Like how people be like, oh, man, I didn't know or I didn't this or I, I, I wasn't taught right. No one has an excuse. The scriptures tell us that. I just learned that, and it's crazy. Verse 7. Make no tarry to turn to Yahuwah, and put not off from day to day, for suddenly shall the wrath of Yahuwah come forth, and in, and in thy security thou shalt be destroyed and perish in the day of vengeance. Man, check this out. And I'm, I'm going to speed up a little bit because I know I'm running out. I, I know time is coming up. But it's saying, make no tarry. That means delay not. To turn to Yahoo, that means don't sit up there and procrastinate and be like, oh man, I'll do it tomorrow, or I got next week. Because literally, he says, and put not off from day to day, for suddenly, that means in an instant, from a blink of an eye, right? Shall the wrath of Yahuwah come forth, and in thy security, thou shalt be destroyed and perish in the day of his vengeance. So he literally told us, while you sitting up here, thinking you got tomorrow, if I was to come tonight, guess what? You screwed. Verse 8. Set not thine heart upon goods unjustly gotten. Simply saying, a lot of people go through this life and the things that they obtain out there in the world, that's stuff that's it's not righteously gotten, right? Because did you know, check this out. If you go and you do something by yourself, right, and you get favored, right? You did it by yourself. He didn't do that. Now, I know a lot of people are like, but I thought you said that he created good and evil and, and, and such and such. You're right. But at the same time, did you go to him to get that what you got? Right? You didn't. You did it up on your own. That's literally the scripture say, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, what? Acknowledge him, right? So if you go out there, you didn't pray. You just went out there and said, I got it. And this is the funny part. A lot of people say, they get, they, they get a good job. They say, thank G-O-D, right? How did you get that job? And you didn't pray for it. You just went for it. Or or somebody gave you something, right? And what they gave you was wicked. You obtained it unjustly. But then, for they shall not profit thee in the day of calamity. You see prophets out here in the day. And prophets, 
they basically go out here and they charge people, right, money for them to pray for you, for them to prophesy over you. They unjustly got what they got, right? They got a prophet that won't profit. What does that mean? If they got money, that means they profited, right? Stop. That means they profited something. I could take money and burn that. Your salvation, that's on a whole nother level. That's the true profit. Without salvation, which... So you got prophets out here, and everybody keeps talking about sow a seed, and the seed is such and such and such, and you got pastors up in the church house, and they steady telling you put tithes and stuff into the offering tray, and and and, and if you sow your tithes and offerings, then it'll bring great prosperity and stuff. And my question to that is, how is sowing money into the tithes and offerings going to get you to prosperity when literally, they're literally telling you buy your way into heaven? How you go buy your way into heaven? How? It don't make sense, right? I'm going to tell you to pay tithes and offerings. We're literally, the scripture tell you that tithes and offerings are literally livestock. It's, it's, it's animals. It's, go ahead. Uh, a way that they, they say in the churches, you're supposed to give G.O.D. 10%. You are. 10%, right? 10% of your first earnings. Right, so that means your 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 best, right? So your best livestock, like your fattest cows, your best sheep, your best goats, stuff like that. That's your ten percent. Your ten percent of your first, your first, right? They tell you money, right? So um, so such as this much. Your first, don't touch your check until you bring it into the church. So you mean tell me if my check is only a hundred dollars, I'm supposed to give you what? 50? 10%? 10% is what? $10? So I'm supposed to give you $10 out of $100. Um, and my check is only $100, which means I still got to eat. I got light bills. I got all this other stuff, right? So I'm supposed to give you $10. So if my life get cut off, I don't have food in my house. You going to give me that? They don't. Now, you got some churches, they will, but at the same time, they're not going to go buy you the correct stuff. They're going to go buy you a big ham, big turkey, and go buy you some soul food that ain't good for you. These people are literally putting out stuff that literally does not profit either your physical or your spiritual. Hold on, I ain't finished that. Let me reread that. Set not thine heart upon goods unjustly gotten, for they shall not profit thee in the days of calamity. Simply saying, when that when that day of, of, of trial, when that day of, of, of tribulation come, everything that you got unjustly, it won't save you. It won't even help you. When now, verse 9, when now not with every wind, and go not into every way, for so doeth the sinner that hath a double tongue. I want y'all to pay attention to something, because when I was in church, they used to say, and this is a Roman thing, but you know Christianity and Roman are the same thing. All roads lead to God. No matter which way you take, it still leads to God, right? Father, forgive me for that. I need to stop saying that. I already know the, the what's the name to that, so please forgive me for that. Um, all roads lead to G-O-D or L-O-R-D, right? That's what they're saying. When I know that every wind, and go not into every way. Why do you not go into every way? Because did you know every way literally leads you into that way, right? If you go, if you go falling after the, 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 the Latinos or the Mexicans, right? Who do they worship? They Catholics. They worship who? Mary. 
If you go out to the Philippines, they got their own idol. You go out to the Chinese or the Indonesians or the, the Muslims, they got their own idols, right? So, is it safe to say that there's only one way? Yeah, it is. Because if you got many ways, right? Many ways, literally, that's like this. He says he's not the author of confusion, right? In order to cut down on confusion, you can only have one way. Because if you have many ways, that's literally you thinking one way, I'm thinking one way, he thinking one way. And when we come in, guess what? That's a bunch of confusion, right? I mean, we arguing. We got a bunch of strife. We, we this, we that. We ready to fight. Why? All because of the simple thing of this road, that road, right? For so do it the sinner that hath a double tongue. Did you know a double tongue is a double-minded person? Yeah. A double-minded person is just like saying, um, you cannot serve two, right? Right. Serving two. Did you know being, when you say um, the fear, when you say, um, I fear you, but in a condition or a stipulation to it, right? You're literally telling him, I only fear you for a certain reason. But I'm going to stick over here with this right here. Y'all really interrupted me. So you can speak one thing with your tongue, right? Too double-minded, right? So I can say all day that, hey, Lonnie, um, we worship Yahuwah, right? And then you catch me in the room calling on L-O-R-D. What you going to think? You double-minded, double right? The scripture said a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, right? If a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, can you trust him? You can't, right? So this person right here is already out of the question. So not only... Not only does he go multiple ways, but also his tongue is doubled. So he's speaking this way, and then he's speaking that way. That man is out the picture. Verse 10, be steadfast in thy understanding. Steadfast means to be sincere, be diligent, be, 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 be as, 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 what's the word? Um, you got to, I said diligent. I said it earlier, but I can't think about it now. Be steadfast in thy understanding, and let thy words be the same. Simply saying, if you go be diligent off in this, if you go really get into this, your words need to be the exact same. Everything has to match. If you in this, right? I'm reading these scriptures every day. When I speak to you, the same thing I'm reading, the same thing that I believe in, it needs to be the same way that I speak. Verse, verse 11. Be swift to hear and let thy life be sincere and with patience give an answer. Simply saying, when somebody talking... I'm listening, right? Take your life, I mean, my bad, let thy life be sincere, which means don't take your life for granted. This life that you live in is only one, right? So everything you do, you should take this life because, first off, it's given to you. It's not given to you. It's actually loaned to you. Everything that you do, it does not belong to you. It belongs to him. You got questions? I was thinking about how people be saying yellow. Yellow, you only live once, right? That's funny because did you know that actually came? That's the same thing. That, where the goat come from? It all came from the same people, celebrities. Celebrities literally in our face throw up the pyramid. They, you say what? 
We do eat turkey. Huh? We eat turkey. We don't eat ham. We don't eat pork. All right, back to your back to your statement. You was talking about yellow, yellow, yellow. Um, these phrases that come out, right? 2010, you you got the the LOL, right? Now you got the goat, then you got YOLO. Actually, YOLO came before the goat. All these terms literally refer back to Satan and his and his chiefs, right? You, you only live once. So if you only live once, just go out there and throw your life away, right? Just go out there and do what the hell you want to do. Why? Because they know if you go out there and do what the hell you want to do, first and foremost, they know for a fact that there's spiritual and biblical laws that you have to follow. So living once, if you go live once, you might as well do it correctly, right? YOLO literally tells you, hey, you only got one life. Go ahead and live it the fucked up. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. Did I? Yeah, okay, we go. Please uh, forgive me for that. Um, got a little excited about that. That's cool though. We good. We go. We gonna bleep that out. Don't worry about it. We gonna bleep that out. Um, but they basically tell you go out there and live the the, the, the life that you want to live, not understanding that everybody who say YOLO, those are people who literally gave up, right? Yeah, you making money, but if it come down to it, do you have fighting you left, right? Can you stand up there? You see, you hear black people all the time talking about uh, a fight for this cause. Uh, uh, black lives matter. Why do black lives matter all of a sudden? And when black lives matter, the only time it matters is when lesbians put the organization together. And did you know that black lives matter is only ran by lesbians who literally hate straight black men? Ethan, get back over there. Hush. Black Lives Matter founders are um, lesbian women who, if, if you straight as a black man, they hate you. They try to defemin they try to feminize every black man. So when all these people walk around talking about BLM, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter is a joke even if it wasn't for those women. You know why it's a joke? Because any other time of the year, black people are killing each other. They out there raping each other. Black women are out here prostituting themselves. So what makes you think somebody else going to take us serious? Everything we've done, our people fought. People on the buses. People got raped. Our children are in the pyramids right now. They in the bellies of gators right now. Our women and men got they asses beat. I can say ass. Ass is in the Bible. They got their asses beat. To get us to the point to where we are today and we literally spat in their face. And the funny thing about it was, see, a lot of people say, well, if he didn't want us with these white and all these other people, why would he send us over here? Because it's a curse. He sent us amongst our enemies and amongst these people to curse us because he knew if those who truly love me and seek me out, they will come away from that. But those who don't give a care, YOLO, they literally will start to say it don't even matter. It don't even matter because they done gave up. The fight is over, and that's funny because scripturally it says that they will fall. It's gonna it's gonna come a great falling away. That literally means right now our, our nation is being judged. Black people, we are being judged. Somebody Matthew asked last night. He said, 
He said, what you mean? Black people are being judged. We're being judged because we are the first. We're the house of his. We, we his people. He got to clean house first. Once he clean house, then they can get there. That's why I'm not really worried about it. They can do what they want to do. So it say, be swift to hear. That means listen. That means be attentive to the words, right? And let thy life be sincere. Which literally means take your life as if your life meant something to you. And with patience, give answer. Which means be patient until it's time for you to answer. And don't answer it because you're angry, you're hateful. Answer it with patience and and, 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 and Sincerity, empathy, sincerity, and everything else. You got to answer the question. So if you if you ask a question, I'm not going to be like, man, you know, such and such. No, I'm going to literally take my time, and then I'm going to answer that question with discernment to the simple fact of if you ask the question, I mean you want to know the, and you want to know the answer. A lot of people ask questions. I do it a lot. I ask questions to be a, um, a smart ass to see if you, because a lot of people be like, oh, man, I know this. So I ask a question to see where they at. And... Once they say something dumb or something that's not true, then I jump in. I'd be like, hey, nah, you might want to go look at that over. Or you might want to do this. You might want to do that. So um, be um, be patient to be patient to answer. Verse 12. If thou hast understanding, answer thy neighbor. If not, lay thy hand upon thy mouth. Literally saying, if you got understanding when they ask you a question, then you answer him. But if you don't have that understanding when they ask you that question... Just be quiet. Don't even answer it. Just tell them straight up. I don't even know. Verse 13. Esteem or honor and shame is in talk. And the tongue of man is his fall. Literally telling you there's life and death in the power of the tongue. So if you speak in something, right? If that's something you speak in, because you can say something and it'll literally bring you shame. And it ain't talking about shame right there in the conversation. I mean, it'll bring you shame. Not just from man, but from him. But you can say something that'll literally exalt you. That'll make him first and foremost barack you, or as y'all say, blessed. Or any, or or by man, they'll say, man, he he, you gotta watch him. He discern. Matter of fact, not to, I'm I'm not bragging, but it's funny. Uh, when I was at my granny house, I was talking to some people outside one night, and it's funny because uh, dude, I went to school with, grew up with, everything. I got to talking. He said it's crazy. He said people used to always say, man, you gotta watch Brian because that nigga is smarter than everybody around him. And when he said that, I said, what? He said, yeah, man. He said, everybody talks about you, not because they don't they don't like you. He said, everybody is scared of you because you know something everybody else don't. They don't know if they can trust you or if they have to really watch you. I said, well, maybe they should just learn. Simple as that. Right? Because if you speak the right things, don't get it twitched. You can get angry. And you can you can say the right things, but why you angry? You can put it in such a tone to people to take that and they'll they'll run with it. Ah, uh, he said such and such, not understanding that they to just listen and stop taking them 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 harsh. Ah, uh, uh, then you could have they to learn. Um, and your tongue, your tongue is your downfall. You could have had a job, you could have been in school, you could have this, you could have that. But guess what? This right here has more power than these right here do. Your tongue literally can whoop somebody butt. Your tongue can win you a race. Your tongue can get you millions of dollars. But, verse 14, be not called a whisperer. So don't be called a rumor. Don't be called uh, somebody who gossips. Don't be called none of that, right? And lie not in wait with thy tongue. What did it just say? Don't be a gossiper. Fix your eyes. 
don't be a gossiper and don't sit up there and wait with your tongue to sit up there and talk about somebody. For a foul shame is upon the thief and an evil condemnation, condemned condemnation upon the double tongue. So a thief already got shame. But that person who's speaking with that mouth, he's condemned. Verse 15. This is, I love when I hear the word ignorant because a lot of people, black people the most, black women the most, call a black woman ignorant. She's going to whoop your butt. Say, just tell a black woman you ignorant. Trust me. 15. Be not ignorant of anything in great matter or small. Literally, it's telling you in all matters. You need to have some type of discernment. All matters. Ignorance just simply means you have no understanding of what's going on. You, or it could mean that you ignored it. You have no knowledge of it. Verse, I mean, chapter 6. Chapter 6 is like 37. I got 31 minutes. So I'm going to speed this up a little bit. <coughs> Instead of a friend, become not an enemy. Yeah. For thereby thou shalt inherit an ill name, shame and reproach. Even so shall a sinner that hath a double tongue. So simply saying, instead of a friend, become not an enemy. So I actually got a son that literally say, "Have I become your enemy?" You don't want to become anybody's enemy because at the end of the day, um, you might become the wrong person's enemy, and they could put something on you, and it'll literally bring death to you. It could bring paralyzation to you. So we don't strive. And that's why I tell people on, on this channel, my YouTube, my YouTube, as well as my uh, Instagram. I don't speak hate because I don't hate nobody. I don't speak shame on nobody because I don't have to, I don't I don't worry about that. But at the end of the day, when you become my enemy, woe be unto you because the one that's on my side. What does the scripture say? Better is. Uh, greater is he that is within you than he that is out there in the world. So I'm not worried about that 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 satanic Satan has nothing. I don't have enemies. I don't have none of that. So when you become my enemy, I have one on my side. And Yahuwah will fight for those who literally seek him out. Actually, I think that is in um, Ecclesiastes chapter three or four, where he said he won't defend such and such people. Verse two: Extol not thyself in 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 the counsel of thine own heart. Literally, once again, he tells us not to be discerned in our own, I mean, my bad, not to lean on our own understanding. He said not to, not to uh, extol not thyself in, in the counsel of thine own heart. What does counsel mean? It means advice. It means to advise or guide someone in the correct way, right? So if you're sitting up there and you literally, huh, man, yeah, what should I, nah, man, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, right? You're taking Yahoo out of the equation. You're taking the one that literally is your guide, and you're literally saying, I don't need you. Let me, hold on. Let me, I need to think. Let's just, just be still. Be quiet. Let me, let me think right now. Well, guess what? When you do the counsel of thine own heart, what the hell? I mean, uh, of thy own heart, you literally are following after something that's so wicked that literally, I mean, your heart is the most evil thing on this planet. Your heart makes Satan look like a saint. Ain't that sad? Your heart makes Satan look like a saint. That's how wicked it is. That thy soul be not torn in pieces as a bull straying alone. So stay away from counseling ourselves. 
When you want to counsel, when you need somebody to talk to, I'm, I'm like this. Throughout my day, I go in that prayer room and I talk. Man, Yahuwah, I need you. Guide me. Help me. Set me astray. I'm going wrong. Right? And he does it all the time. Sometimes that's all you need. You need Yahuwah at every turn. Don't be discerning your own eyes. Don't go trying to counsel yourself. Because at the end of the day, you can't do anything. And I know that sounds like, oh man, this sounds like Christianity. Actually, Christianity don't sound nothing like this. I, I, I had I had a run in with somebody who said, man, you kind of talk like Christian, man. I guarantee you there's no Christian out there speaking like this. And if it is, I don't know why they in Christianity, because Christianity teaches you that you can go by yourself and you could do this. You could do that. And that's because they don't have no understanding. Verse three, thou shalt eat up thy leaves and loose thy fruit. And leave thyself as a dry tree. I need to hear you. Verse 4. A wicked soul shall destroy him that hath it. And shall make him to be laughed to scorn of his enemies. Wow. Mm. Come on. Uh, do I want to? Nah, I'm going to go. I'm going to speed. I'm going to go. Verse 5. Sweet, sweet language will multiply friends. And a fair speaking tongue will increase uh, kind greetings. Uh, sweet language. Um, basically saying, to be told, if you want to look at it, English is not a sweet language. I'm going to be honest with you. English is a wicked language. Um, sweet language will actually be the, 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 the natural language, the uh, original language is Yahudith, right? Uh, it multiplies friends. And actually, that's a true statement because once you start learning the Father's na his language, literally, people start coming to you that are seeking him. And a fair-speaking tongue, which is someone who's speaking righteous, right? They have no wickedness in their mouth. So when I speak to somebody, shalom unto you. I hope you have a great day. Guess what? It increased kind greeting. If I tell you early in the morning, hey, Lonnie, bro, I hope you have a great day. You're going to feel good about your day, Right? You're nothing to go to out to your day, man, and then you'll be like, man, shoot, somebody told me I, have, I hope they have, I hope I, they have, I hope I have a great day, right? Verse 6, be in peace with many. Nevertheless, have but one counselor of a thousand. Be in peace with many. It literally tells you, you shouldn't have no enemies. They can go up against you all dang day, but let them do what they're doing. You, on the other hand, have a righteous heart. I'm not saying that Christian document uh, doctrine that say, hey, if I slap you, turn the other cheek. I'm sorry, but that's a bunch of crap. If you slap me, I'm fighting you. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm knocking somebody out. This says, be in peace with many, which literally means go out there and bring no strife, no drama, or none of that with anybody. Be a righteous man. Show Yahuwah through yourself. Well, let Yahuwah be shown through you. Nevertheless, have but one counselor of a thousand. He literally telling you, it's on, it's, the only counselor is him. Because there's a thousand of them going around. Verse 7, if thou wouldest get a friend, prove him first and be not hasty to credit him. Literally saying, test everybody's spirit. Test everybody. No one gets a free trial, a free test. No one gets it free. So I'm going to test everybody's spirit. I test spirits on a daily. I'm not supposed to give nobody credit, even me. Nobody's supposed to give me credit. Well, one day my um, I called my best friend. He said, "Man, Brian, I had to. Uh, I try to talk different when I talk around you because you know you you this and you that." And I told him, "I said, uh, -uh. I said, since when have I proven myself to anybody that I'm great, that I said that I I'm worthy 
of of you changing how you are for me. I'm not. You know what I am? I'm a, I'm good as that dirt out there in that grass. I'm a nobody. Verse 9, and there is a friend who, being turned to enmity, enmity means strife, it means harboring hate, and strife will discover thy reproach. Reproach means to reprove or to rebuke someone. So when they discover your reproach, they discover your rebuke. They discover your secrets. What really, what what your flaws are, and you don't want nobody to discover that. Verse ten again. Some friend, some friend is a companion at the table and will and will not continue in the day of affliction. We're simply saying you got a friend that's sitting at the table with you right now, or somebody who who your they say your day one, but affliction come the right kind of affliction, you'll never see that person again. 11, but in thy prosperity, he will be as thyself and will and will be be bold over thy servant. Simply saying, when you got it, that friend is going to be just like you. He going to be your bestie. He going to be that person that, man, if you fight, I fight with you. But during that adversity, if somebody come and, and they got a gun, if they ain't got a gun, he gone. Verse 12, if thou be brought low, he will be again, he will be against thee and will hide himself from thy face. And trust me, that that that's a personal testimony right there. Verse 13, separate thyself from thine enemies and take heed of thy friend. That's that's a good one. You hear what that said? Take heed of thy friend. That means watch him. That means pay close attention to him. Honey. What they say, I keep my friends close, my but my enemies closer. Now nah, see your enemy, you know, you know what's up with your enemies. I keep my enemies close, but my friends closer. Why? Because I don't trust this nigga. I need to make sure this nigga ain't doing what I think he doing. So I'm, I'm, yeah, you right here with me, but I'm like this the whole time. Looking at you. Verse 14, a faithful friend is a strong defense. And he that hath found such and, and one hath found a treasure. Simply saying a faithful friend, someone who is dedicated, someone who is true. That person is a defense. If something happened, you ain't got to worry about anything going against you because that person is your defense. If that is, if that's what you find, that person is like a treasure unto you. Nothing doeth uh, contravile a faithful friend, and his excellent excellency is va- invaluable. A faithful friend is is the medicine of life, and they that fear Yahuwah shall find him. A faithful friend, you want to know who your faithful friend is? It's only one. That's it. (laughs) Yahuwah. Yahuwah is the faithfulest friend you will ever find. I don't care what nobody says. I know Yahuwah is your friend. Huh? I know Yahuwah is your friend. Yeah. Who is Yahusha? Yahuwah is his son. It's his son? But who is Yahusha? Yahusha is Yahuwah. You don't get that, do you? Okay, so check this out. I'm Brian, right? I'm Brian the son. I'm Brian the dad. I'm Brian the friend. I'm Brian the sibling. But I'm also Brian the uncle. I'm Brian the teacher. I'm Brian the athlete. You see all these titles I got? You see that, right? 
So you got Yahuwah, right? Yahuwah the Spirit, Yahuwah the Son, right? There's not three. There's only one. He just has many titles. But he goes by one name because he has one true name. Yahusha just simply means Yahuwah is salvation or Yahuwah saves. Yahuwah literally told us that there's only one name under the heavens that shall get you salvation. That's why he says Yahusha. Because Yahusha just simply means Yahuwah is my salvation. Or Yahuwah will save me. Such, such, such. Verse 17. Whoso feareth Yahuwah shall direct his friendship aright. For he is, so shall his neighbors be also. That's right. And your neighbor. Who is your neighbor? Black people. Black people, right? Black people. Let's, let's go a little deeper. Black people believe in the same thing I do. Well, no. Because, see, black people, you know, Africans could be black people. They Negroes, too. Right? Because Negro just means black. Now, when you talk about the covenant, the covenant is Yasharal. Right? We're Yasharal. Yasharal means a nation. We're the almighty prevailers. Our, na our nation, within our nation, we have 12 tribes. The tribe that we are part of is the tribe of Yehuda. Our neighbors are literally our tribe and our nation, right? Now, they teach us that everybody in the world is your neighbor, but that's not true because even in the 613, 613 commandments, law, section and commandments, it literally tells you that those that are of the covenant, that's your brother, that's your sister, that is, that is, we'll have to read that in a minute so I can actually let you see that. So for those of you, Actually, for those of y'all who have not uh, heard of the 613, I actually have that, that, that series already on here. I know I have to finish it. As soon as y'all who will give me the go-ahead, as soon as I can get to where I need to be, then I will go ahead and finish that. But in the 613, it tells you that your neighbor, your brother, all that, those are those, are those that are of the covenant. A covenant is just a contract between the Father in heaven and us. Um, a lot of people like to think that the contract was broken. The contract was, was broken, but it was not done away with. The, the simple thing, what happened was it's still in effect, but he just added different things to it. And the different things that was added was not to, to make it harder. It was actually to make it simpler. He added these things to make us to where we wouldn't mess up as bad, you know. Um, so that's, that's what that. My son, gather instructions from thy youth up. So simply, a young man, did you know um, when you become fully grown, right, you're actually 60 years old when you become fully grown. The scripture says in Genesis, I do believe, chapter 6, for my ruach or my spirit shall not always strive with man, but his days shall be counted 120 years, right? That literally tells you that we're supposed to be living to be 120, right? Now check this out. Even Sarah, who died at 122, 121 one of those right so if, if 120 is the days we're supposed to live wouldn't that make 60 when you turn an adult so does that not mean that you're a child from birth all the way to your 60 so if you see our people right now our people are old as hell by the time they turn 30 35 right our people are, are bombed out of stuff and we're so we're so weak right we're weak because we get to the point to where we go through these battles now and we say, I can't fight no more. 
I'm tired. How you tired when your your battle, your your journey just begun? When you play sports, right? When you play sports, you have to go through hell and hot water just to get on the team, first and foremost. Once you get on the team, you got to go through more just to even get first string, second string. Then once you do that, you got to go through even more just to go out and battle against somebody else. Right? So there's always journeys that you have to fight. And if you give up in a fight right now in life, what makes you think that the father's going to fight for you? Because, be honest with you, he sent it for you. He sent adversity. He allows Satan to come and do what he's doing to you. Why? Ah, oh, man, he's evil. He don't like you. Actually, he did say he created good and evil. But the simple fact of it is, if he sent it your way, it wasn't to destroy you. It wasn't to kill you. He did it to build you. He did it to show, to let, he basically, the scripture, 2 Timothy, verse two, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 15, literally states, let me go to that real quick. Kind of creeping me out, buddy boy. <laughs> you good, you good, you good. <laughs> you good, man. All right, 2 <clears throat> Timothy, verse, chapter 2, verse 15, listen to what this say. Study to show thyself approved unto Yahuwah. And a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Right? Now let's get back over here. So my son, gather instruction from thy youth up. So to gather instruction from thy youth up means that you starting right now. Right? No matter if you 2, 1, 0. No matter if you 18, you 30. You getting instructions from your youth. Right? And in your youth. You have to gather instructions and you have to study to show thyself approved. Why? Because at any point you have to literally rightly divide the truth. So shalt thou find discernment till thine old age. You always want to be discerned. You don't want to be a fool out here. Discernment just literally states. Why you do that? Go ahead. I'm not on that. My son stopped at 15. You see? Oh yeah, you still on verse. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I do a slide. Yeah. Oh yeah, nineteen. Why you say that while I go? Alright. Alright, let's talk to Sai. Come unto her, as one that ploweth and soweth, and wait for her good or her righteous fruits. For thou shalt not toil, toil you uh, much in laboring about her, but thou shalt eat up, eat of her fruits uh, right soon. What is this talking about? It's talking about discernment or wisdom. She is very unpleasant to the unlearned. Uh, he that is without understanding will not remain with her. So discernment, in order to, I love talking about discernment because discernment uh, to the unlearned, the sermon seems like a punishment. And I know I said I'm going to speak to so which I am. The sermon seems like a punishment because um, you don't understand what's going on. You don't, you don't, you take your life and you say, well, he's punishing me. He must not love me. Well, does it mean when you punish your child, you don't love your child? Because if that's the case, then I think that I got life all about. Because I'm pretty sure that punishment means that you love your child and you don't want them to go the wrong way. So the father does the same thing because remember He's the original parent. Um, verse 21. 
She will lie upon she will lie upon him as a mighty stone, a trial. You heard that? And he will cast her from him, er it belong. Basically saying, um We got an error on the on the what's the name. Sorry about that. Um let me pause this. Alright, verse 21. Alright, my bad. So we had an error on the scriptures on the on the on the phone. So I'm gonna go ahead and and get over here. I'm going to just read it from here. Um, and it say, She will lie upon him as a mighty stone, a trial. And he will cast her. Oh, no. That's just it. Er. I ain't going to lie to y'all. I don't know what that is. So I'm not going to. Um, I, I'm going to do some studying on that. And when I do some studying on that, I'm going to probably do a lesson on that when I find out what that is. All right. So let's go to 22. For the sermon... Is according to her name, and she is not manifested unto many. Give ear to give ear, my son, receive my advice, and refuse not my counsel, and put her feet into her fetter. Alright, I'm going to read 23 back over. Give ear, my son, receive my advice, and refuse not my counsel. This is y'all who are literally saying, hey, just listen and receive my advice. And refuse not my counsel or my guidance, right? right? And put thy feet into her fetter and thy neck in her chain. Bow down thy shoulder and bear her, and be not grieved with her bonds. Come unto her with thy whole heart and keep her ways with all thy power. Search and seek, and she shall be made known unto thee. And when thou hast gotten hold of her, let her not go. This is talking about discernment, y'all. Wisdom, as y'all call it. Discernment, man. For at thy last, thou shalt find her rest. And, and that shall... My bad. And that shall be turned to thy joy. Literally, if you have discernment, you want to know what true joy, true shalom is? Discernment is the only way that you can actually have that. Because to be a fool in the truth... Literally brings you misery. And this is a personal experience. If you don't have discernment, you're miserable. Or even if you had it, right? Or you got it somewhat and you allowed what discernment brought on you to, 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 to hit you the wrong way or you was too busy moving too fast. Then discernment, which was joy, turned into misery and agony. And you literally left something that was supposed to help you. Right. So why be in torment when you can be in joy or shalom? Verse 29. Then shall her fetter be a strong defense for thee and her chain as a robe of esteem. So literally. Discernment could be everything that you're looking for. It can be discernment. It can be it, it can literally exalt you. Do you know why discernment can do that? Do you? Because the sermon is only given from one, Yahuwah, right? Everything comes from discernment, which comes from Yahuwah. Did you know discernment is actually a spirit? It's actually, it's real. It's your sister. I know it don't sound, you know, it sounds like, wait, what? Discernment is our sister, right? We're supposed to treat our sister with respect and esteem and, and cherish her, right? But we, we, we run from discernment. We say, I don't want her. I want that foolish. I want the world. I want this. I want that. 
Verse 30. For there is a golden ornament upon her, and her bands are purple lace. Thou shalt put her on as a robe of esteem, and shalt put her about thee as a crown of joy. I like this. Keep building. It's okay. Alright, hold it from the bottom. Hold it right here. There you go. Alright. Um, for there is a golden ornament upon her, and her band and her bands are purple lace. Thou shalt put her on as a robe of esteem, and shalt put her about thee as a crown of joy. So simply saying, you should cherish uh, discernment as if she was jewelry. As if she was fine linen, as she was fine robing and stuff. She should be on your head as a crown, not as um, thorns and stuff. My son, uh, verse 32, my son, if if thou wilt, wilt, thou shalt be taught. And if thou wilt apply thy mind, thou shalt be prudent. If thou love to hear, thou shalt receive understanding. And if thou bow thine ear, thou shalt be discerned. Okay, I got it. I got to come on. Verse, verse 34. Stand in the multitude of the elders and cleave unto him that is discerned. Be willing to hear every righteous dis, uh, discourse and let not parable of understanding escape thee. Y'all know parables or something. Everybody, they, they take parables and they say, oh, man, you talking in a, a whole nother language. You doing this, you doing that. And it's sad because a parable is just a, prof a prophecy. It's something that, that, that is meant to come to pass. Verse 36. And if thou seest a man of understanding, get thee betimes be unto him, and let thy foot wear the steps of his door. Man, that's, that's, that's powerful. We'll do, a part, we'll do a part two. We'll just read seven, and then after seven, we're done. Um. Let thy mind be upon the ordinance of Yahuwah and meditate continually in his commandments. He shall establish thine heart and give thee discernment at thine own desire. Um, we got to take discernment and we got to take everything that's been put off into this, into the word, right? Because if y'all didn't know, John chapter 1 verse 1 literally states that in the beginning was the word and the word was with Yahuwah and the word was Yahuwah. Simply letting us know we got to take these words that are being spoken, these words that's put in the scriptures, and we got to take heed to them. But understanding what happened with the word, because Proverbs 25 2 does say that it is the steam of Yahuwah to conceal a matter or a thing, right? But it's the steam of kings to search out a matter. The word, the matter in Yahudith, or y'all say Hebrew, literally means words. And then you got Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 15 that literally tell you to study to show thyself approved to literally rightly divide the truth. So he already told you that the scripture were going to be tainted, that you was going to have to go through these scriptures and literally um, you would have to go through these scriptures and literally um, divide the truth from the lies, uh, uh, put the puzzle pieces together. Right. So this is nothing that we should we should look at and be like, oh, man, such and such, and such man, you you, you want to be discerned. You want to seek out the father. Discernment is the key. What does it say? The uh, uh, discernment is the beginning 
No, fear of Yahuwah is the beginning of discernment. Simply saying, if you fear Yahuwah, you become a discerned man or a discerned woman. So fear Yahuwah. And that's what becomes, that will make you discern. If you have no fear of Yahuwah, you're a fool. Literally, the scriptures tell you that. The first commandment is to know that he exists. Right? So to know that he exists, if you admitted that he exists, why wouldn't you fear him? Why don't you trust him? Why don't you give it to him if you know he exists? Don't make sense. Discernment. The fear of Yahuwah is the beginning of discernment. Um, we're going to end this one because my time is up on this part right here. Uh, and I'm going to pray and see if we're going to do verse 7, chapter 7. So with that being said, I'm going to say shalom to everybody. Um, Layla Y'all have a great night. Shalom, shalom, anchor. Once again, this is Mr. Yasserah, Yahuda Brian. Um, sorry I haven't been on in a minute uh, as far as in doing the, uh, as far as in doing the, the lessons. Um, but we're going to start back up with the, um, we're going to start back up with the Ecclesiastica series. With the um, chapters 9 through 12 is the next ones we're going to do. Um, so stay tuned. Stay in the belief. Stay strong. I know things are getting hectic out here. But let Yahuwah know that at the end of the day, you go stay strong for him. Because I know he's going to be strong for you. So... Shalom on that end. Stay tuned.